Hello everyone and welcome to Optional Opinion here on the Numbness Radio Network. I'm your host, Eddie B. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great episode planned for you. Hopefully everyone had a great weekend. Having a great week. Uh, whenever you listen to this episode or past episodes, just hoping everyone got the game good and then just enjoying life and everything. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about DMC, Devil May Cry, and Bayonetta, uh, Bayonetta 2 and the controversy they endured um, back in the day when they were announced um, and to the point that there was release and how people think about those games now. So on this episode, it's going to be action approved or is it action disapproved? Um, we'll talk about it and we'll find out. Um, now, reason why I want to talk about these games is that I've been, I got back into DMC Devil May Cry for, uh, the Xbox One, uh, the definitive edition. And I just remember on how great this game was. Um, when it first released, I really didn't have a problem with, uh, with the game. I was just really kind of excited. And I didn't play Devil May Cry 3 and I didn't play Devil May Cry 4. Um, but, you know, I heard do a lot of people that DM, uh, Devil May Cry 3 was like hard and then they had to do a reissue of the game uh to make it easier and like dms uh not dmc uh devil may cry uh devil may cry 4 was kind of got kind of got repetitive it was long they said it was a good game but they said it got really kind of long um but i i looked at uh dmc devil may cry and was just like oh this looks really entertaining like really good so when the game came out uh i didn't pick it up just yet um, I was doing other things, um, playing other games and stuff at that time. Um, but eventually I did, uh, buy it digitally on the PS3 and played through the game and just completely enjoyed it. And I was just like, wow, this game is good. And was wondering why it got so much hate. And definitely, uh, with Bayonetta 2, um, uh, when they first drove off the Wii U, they showed that Bayonetta 2 was coming exclusively to the Wii U. And it just got hate over there because it was coming to this console that people say they didn't want. Uh, so I, I, when I was start playing and thinking about both of these games, it was just like, wow, these are the most two action packed uh, games that are really good, very well designed and very fun to play that they got so much controversy that they got so much re- a uh, fan reaction to them and i always just wonder why people and this is two to three years ago that people were acting that manner uh toward these games and still to this day they people are still reacting toward um not more of announcements well there are some announcements but more to games like it's just it, it's just got like kind of got over the top and it feels like nothing has changed but i kind of wanted to do some research and talk about it and see if we could not solve the problem but how we're able to handle uh just an announcement or something that's very fictional so um before i get into that i'm going to play the first trailer um which is going to be dmc i want you guys um to check it out and with that um we'll give this a listen and we'll uh dive deep um into uh also the bayonetta 2 trailer and just see uh now I, I will give uh will say that the uh the um bayonetta trailer uh it has uh it doesn't really have that many vocals like the uh DMC one. But uh here we go.
offenders rehabilitation program. Subject 64432B. Psychoevaluation treatment. Day 13. Resume. What is your Okay, and that one was the DMC Devil May Cry uh, trailer. And this one was actually kind of different than the actual game that came out. Some of the stuff was still there, but you didn't. Um, in the trailer, it shows that you're grabbing a car and throwing it. Um, you don't actually do that as um, actual gameplay. But uh, some of the other stuff that you do do using Airbnb Ivory, um, you pulling the enemies like a grappling hook system, you still have that in. Um, so it, it um also with Dante uh when you hearing the voiceover um him being asked a question uh like he's being caught and being examined that's also not in the game um it it really changed after this trailer came um but like I said still such a good game so next we're gonna play the Bayonetta uh two trailer. And that was a quick trailer for Bayonetta 2. Um, and what that represented was uh, just the announcement that was coming for Wii U. Um, uh, in the video, Bayonetta is shooting her uh, guns at um, a, a, hit, a, a hidden enemy that we don't know yet, just yet. And so um, all the bullets are coming in and uh, going to find out this, like, bow sword-looking thing. Um, slides down one of the... Uh, um, like kind of deflecting the bullets and then Bayonetta's toe that she's kicking like her boot and the sword kind of match and uh, her uh, the Luminous Sage uh, that we later come to find out 
um, jumps down and we just see a foot of bayonetta. Um, and then it just uh, goes out with three bullets falling down. Then it goes to two bayonetta two. And we not knowing at that time what the game was about, what the story is uh, was about. Um, these games, uh, Ninja Theory developed uh, DMC Devil May Cry. Uh, for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Uh, they were known from Enslaved that they developed for Namco and Heavenly Sword for the PlayStation 3 when uh, I believe it came out around launch time when the uh, PlayStation 3 came out. So they know good action and uh, Capcom hired them to bring out this game for the next generation. And like I said, they, they are fantastic in what they do. They know their action they know their artwork so um th- they're they're very good at what they do and platinum games uh, of course um former clover developers from capcom uh who worked on devil may cry uh created uh bayonetta so the sequel um which was exclusive to wii u because nintendo helped publish it and developed it like they paid for the exclusivity to get the game made for the system they did bayonetta 2 um so uh, after these trailers were were shown and people had a lot of reactions to it, um, which we'll get into after this music break, and I'll be right back. <laughs> So this next section is known as the hell known as fan reaction. And before I get into uh, a lot about that, uh, Bayonetta 2, I'm going to start on with, um, I kind of want to talk about uh, why it was a Wii U exclusive. Um, and uh, most of the stories that I'm going to be reading, like the blogs and stuff, are um, coming from Destructoid, so you can check them up. Uh, ch- uh, check it out uh, when you want to. Uh, this one uh, uh, titled Platinum Games Explain Bayonetta 2 Wii U Exclusivity. Tatsuya Minami, president and CEO of Platinum Games, reached out to fans via their website to try to explain why Bayonetta 2 is a Wii U exclusive title. He says he realizes that the announcement may have shocked some fans and that they would never dream of alienating fans of the franchise. 
Minami then goes on to point to the state of upheaval in the console games market and says that they believe that they um that they believe that they can strengthen the Bayonetta brand with this new partnership with Nintendo. The console games uh one second everybody there we go. The console games market is in a state of upheaval, so establishing a new game franchise requires a considerable amount of will, determination and love. Bayonetta is a brand that we want to see become stronger, reaching the hands of more and more gamers. So we have continued to consult with Sega the previous game's publisher on how we can make sure this takes place. Our answer was a new partnership with Nintendo. Uh, <clears throat> the full statement found found goes on to say that they believe that Nintendo is dedicated to establishing a new future for the game's industry. And then it ends with, wow. Um, September 13, 2012, Bayonetta 2 was announced as an exclusive title under development for the Wii U during the Nintendo Direction presentation held on the same day. As game developers, we are incredibly excited to be able to announce a new title to all our fans. However, we are aware that the announcement may have come as a shock to many of you. As with Bayonetta, Bayonetta 2 is under development and production here at Platinum Games and is a true sequel to the acclaimed first game in the series. Bayonetta is one of our most beloved titles and has played a large part in establishing Platinum Games as an emerging stu- game studio in the minds of users worldwide. Bayonetta has fans the world over and we would never dream of alienating them from participating in the future of Platinum Games. That being said, the console games market is in a state of upheaval, so establishing a new game franchise requires a considerable amount of will, determination, and love. Bayonetta is a brand that we want to see become stronger, reaching the hands of more and more gamers. So we have continued to consult with Sega, the previous game's publisher, on how we can make sure this takes place. Our answer was a new partnership with Nintendo. Along with their new hardware, Nintendo as a company is dedicated to establishing a new future for the games industry, as you can tell by the record of passionate support for gaming. Alongside Nintendo, we hope to grow the Bayonetta brand beyond where it stands today, allowing even more gamers around the world to experience the action of our beloved witch. As developers, we are working hard to make this a reality. We hope that you will look forward to what we have in store. And this story was done by uh, Dale North. Um, he's the former Detour uh, editor-in-chief. Uh, and I agree with them. Like, they really wanted to, you know, definitely for people who complained that, you know, there weren't enough third-party coming to uh, Nintendo platforms and stuff, and they wanted to see it. Well, you know, this is a good deal that Nintendo did with uh, Platinum Games for Bayonetta 2 to exist. Um, another one that I want to read, it says, Platinum's Inaba, Bayonetta 2 wouldn't exist without Nintendo. The announcement of Bayonetta 2 as a Wii U exclusive is destined to go down as one of the big betrayals of gaming history, whether they're alongside Final Fantasy VII on the PS1. So-called fans of the original Bayonetta were quick to express their displeasure at the news, and not even an explanation of the situation by Platinum Games president Tatsuya Minami could quell the fire. Bayonetta 2 is being published by Nintendo, strongly implying that no other company was willing to throw its support behind the title. Nonetheless, some gamers continue to hold out hope that the sultry sequel will somehow go multi-platform. Producer Atsushi Inaba decided to put the kibosh on any false hopes when he informed Polygon, would Bayonetta 2 not exist without Nintendo? The answer is yes. And there's more. 
Uh, he elaborates, we are not viewing this as a change of platform. We were looking for a partner to create Bayonetta 2, and Nintendo was a strong, cooperative partner that was willing to create and grow Bayonetta 2 together with us. As a result, the platform became the Wii U. There's really only one way to interpret this. Nintendo was the only company that demonstrated any significant interest in getting the game made. So people were really, just really upset, and I do not know why. Um, who else was going to publish it? Definitely not Sega, which recently underwent severe restructuring and had to shell several projects, one which may have been a multi-platform Bayonetta 2 in early planning stages. Despite being out in Japan already, Sega pushed back the Western release of Anarchy Wands for reasons unknown. If that's how the company handles a finished product, how do you think it would treat something barely in development? Nintendo, not Sony or Microsoft, is making Bayonetta 2 a reality. What makes me curious are these folks who insist that they are now forced to buy a new console to play a single game. They don't want to buy a Wii U, but because there is a game that appeals to them on the Wii U, they make up strange excuses, like how the true price of Bayonetta 2 includes $350 for the Wii U itself. Well, hello... That's what happens when a new hardware generation begins. Sequels to games that appear on the previous consoles tend to only be available on the new consoles. Naturally, the new consoles will have sparse libraries in the beginning, but that doesn't stop people from upgrading. There was crying in the streets from parents back in the 90s who complained that they shouldn't have to buy the Super Nintendo because their kids already had it as NES. But change is inevitable, and you are going to have to make the investment if you want to play the latest and greatest. If Bayonetta 2 were coming out to the PS4 or Xbox One, no one would have made a peep. Suddenly, the true price argument vanishes. The reason people are pissed is because the Wii U is made by Nintendo and Nintendo's garbage to third parties and third parties can succeed on Nintendo machines and all third party, third party software on Nintendo consoles suck and how dare Nintendo take our games? They have no gosh darn right, blah, 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 blah. Just admit that this is blind hatred towards Nintendo and get over yourselves. Wake up and realize that this is a good thing. That is the indication that Nintendo is trying to do right by these ingrates. The Platinum Games gets to make a sequel to a cult classic that wouldn't have been made otherwise, and that there is not a single logical reason why you should be upset over this. You want to be mad at something? Be mad at Sega for losing so much money that it couldn't fund development of a whole swath of games. Be mad at Sony and Microsoft for not coming to Bayonetta 2 Rescue. Be mad at the state of minor game development that prevents a critical lauded million seller from receiving receiving a sequel via normal means that is just i mean i don't even and this is um tony price he, uh, he was uh he's a former contributor to destructoid um and he's kind of right it's just like why did people really get mad about this game i still to this very day i i don't know why um so that was just some of the reactions uh and some of uh the behind the scenes uh talking about um uh, Bayonetta 2 being exclusive um, and them not knowing that Sega was doing a re uh, restructuring and that no other company was coming to um, you know publish the game and it's kind of weird that you know a game that sells a million copies will actually get a sequel like let's even look at um, Tomb Raider um, it it's so it's so like what two million I think between Xbox Xbox 360 and PS4 I mean PS3 and Square Enix seeing that game as a disappointment 
and that's weird. Like it took Microsoft for Rise of the Tomb Raider to actually get made for them to um get the exclusive rights to get the game published on their system first. Yes, now it's coming to PS4, but you know, it didn't seem that there was any kind of plans for that uh, uh for Tomb Raider to get a sequel the way that Square Enix was talking about it. Um uh, like just talking about the game and I, I, ch- I just couldn't believe when like going back and reading some of this it, it's kind of just so weird just just very weird um and i kind of want to read uh um uh read something about uh oh, did it give me one second um there read something that uh People were talking about, you know, sending death threats and stuff to um, uh, to platinum games, and it, it, it's kind of sad um, that people uh, were just reacting it to that way. Oh, here we go. So uh, this title, uh, this one is called "Fans of Bayonetta to Kill Themselves Over Wii U Sequel." Um, arguably, arguably the biggest surprise of yesterday's Wii U press event was the announcement of Bayonetta 2 and that the game would be a Wii U exclusive published by Nintendo. My first thought was this would get people who think that Nintendo only cares about the casuals to see that the publisher is making a real effort to broaden their appeal. Turns out I was right. I just didn't expect that some people would be so angry about it. Below, you'll find just a smattering of some of the comments from Bayonetta fans who are very upset over the news, including the usual death threats, plans for boycotts, and announcements that the announcement of a new video game has really ruined their day. And you guys, when I read some of these, you're going to be like, wow. Exclusivity always make. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, exclusivity always makes some people feel left out and that sucks but in this case we're talking about a game that is lucky to begin a sequel at all i expect the fans of the original game to be universally pleased that bayonetta's adventure will continue even if it means that they may have to purchase a wii u to be a part of this for years people bash nintendo for not having more m-rated triple a third-party exclusives when they make an effort to change that, people complain. My guess is that these people just won't be satisfied with Nintendo until they go out of the video game business entirely. They seem to enjoy hating the company and it makes them unhappy when they are given reasons not to. And this is where it all starts with the comments. And I'm not going to read their names or anything. I'm just going to actually read the comments that they posted um, actually on this. Because everybody, this is beyond just just yeah truly just beyond crazy so um let me start with the first one i'm really not happy that bayonetta 2 has become a wii u exclusive the first one was multi-platform that's like a f you to any gamer i have to say second platinum games putting bayonetta 2 as a wii u exclusive is a pretty a-hole move though bayonetta 2 will pull only what a load of bull ass i'm not replaying the original again in protest f hashtag nintendo f you very much i getting wanting to have launch titles but a sequel to a game that wasn't even released on your old console what a stupid move bayonetta 2 is going to be a video exclusive seriously man f you guys i want to kick a dolphin in its vagina hard i'm so angry at video games right now Effing why didn't Nintendo have to publish Bayonetta 2? 
god effing day. So, so effing annoyed right now. Today has been ruined. I literally been awake for five minutes and today has been ruined. Bayonetta 2 is a Wii U exclusive. MFing God, effing ask C. And it's published by Nintendo, effing son of a B. Are you kidding me? How can Bayonetta 2 be a Wii U exclusive? I'm going to kill myself. Literally fuming with absolute disappointment right now. Watching the death of an amazing series. It's like the ME3 ending all over again. Bayonetta 2 as a Wii U exclusive makes me want to effing kill myself as a gamer. I'm a diehard Bayonetta fan and that is just disgusting. Bayonetta 2 will be a Wii U exclusive. Kill me. Just kill me. Bayonetta 2 is a Wii U exclusive. Alright, I'm off to kill myself. Um, and this is uh, from Jonathan Holmes. He reported on that story. I just want to give, uh, make sure that the resources that I get it from, um, that uh, give credit to the authors. That is insane. Just the way that people actually got mad at the uh, announcement trailer of a video game. Um, we're going to get into DMC uh, also, but I want to play you guys uh, kind of response to some of the criticism about uh um, Bayonetta 2 um, and this is a YouTube video coming from uh, Sonic Guy two, uh, 25 um, and it's titled The Bayonetta 2 Controversy Hello everybody, Blake here, and I'm going to be talking about a, a thing that's happened recently that people have been either really excited about or really, really disappointed and angry about. Now, I'm going to be doing a longer video later about my opinions on all the Wii U stuff, but today is only about Bayonetta 2. Now, I haven't played the original, so I I just heard it's a really good game. I'll probably play it someday. Just heard it's a really good game. Um, people are really crazy about this new thing that happened, and I'll get into that in a second. It's gotten great reviews, the original. has gotten great reviews. <laughs> a lot of people love it, and it sold actually pretty well. And it was on uh, PS3 and 360. Now, what happened is Bayonetta 2 got announced, and it's for the Wii U exclusively, published by Nintendo, and of course, still being made by Platinum Games. Now, what this has people either excited, because they don't care what console it's on, they're just glad to get a sequel to the game they love. Some people are pissed off because it's on Wii U, either because they hate Nintendo, or because they don't want to buy a system just for Bayonetta 2, even though the system will probably have lots of other great games. And at this point, I don't doubt it, because it already has other great games announced already. Now, okay. This is... I, can underst I could understand if they didn't research this enough, but you're just, you'll sound stupid if... You actually knew what was going on. Without Nintendo, Bayonetta 2 would not exist. Okay? It would not exist at all. The um, creator of Bayonetta, or one of the 
head honchos in Platinum Games said themselves they never thought a Bayonetta 2 would be possible. It was their first game, their first off-the-bat game. Um, sold well, but I guess not well enough. They went to like every publisher possible, third-party, first-party, even if it was going to be exclusive to 360 or PS3. They tried their best to get it on something through some publisher. No one wanted it. Why? It sold well. It has a big fan base. So why? I have no idea. But Nintendo took it up. They're completely funding it. They have nothing to do with the development. It's not going to affect... <sighs> Come on. It's not going to affect anything about the game. So I can understand being a little disappointed... But it just sounds stupid when people are like, Oh, Nintendo shouldn't deserve this game. The same people that want hardcore games on Wii, the, on Nintendo's consoles, are getting them. They were complaining about that, not having them, and now they're complaining about having them. It makes no sense. <sighs> this has just been bothering me. I'm, I'm not a fan of the game yet because I haven't even played it but this I just researched it it's so obvious it's just ticking me off how many people are getting angry about it because which sounds funny but it's just people are not informed Bayonetta 2 would not exist without Nintendo so really they're the heroes in this situation because no one else they tried everybody else no one took it but Nintendo did they're funding it Bayonetta 2 is going to exist and yes you'll have to get a Wii U to play it, but hey, you don't have to get a Wii U now. You don't have to get it when Bayonetta 2 comes out. You can just get it whenever and get Bayonetta 2. So yeah, this has been Blake. Hope you've been informed, and you can inform others if they're ticked off about that whole situation too. And I'll see you later. So that was uh, just one person. They got some more responses, uh, but I just wanted to play that one uh, kind of short. Uh, got to the point um yes it's the same thing that uh it's kind of been reiterating um what i said previously um so i, I kind of let's jump into the devil may cry uh because this one wow i there's there, it's, it's, it, it amazes me um about the devil may cry so um the first part i want to read is called rebuilding dante and dlc devil may cry ninja theory talks over halls and backlash um dlc devil may cry has been controversial to say the least ever since capcom announced a new game developed by ninja theory and starting to redesign dante fans have been furious declaring that this is a grand travesty of the highest order of course that wasn't the point merely the end result so why did dmc reboot the series and why does dante sport an all-new look and attitude Destructoy spoke with Ninja Theory's Dominic Matthews to talk about the rebuilding of a beloved video game character and the perils that come with it. We actually started with some concepts that were a lot closer to the original Dante, but Capcom were very keen that we took our own direction with the character and really started from scratch, explains Matthews. So our first step was to think about Dante's history, where he grew up, what his motivations are, what he been through, and build an idea based on that. Attitude is critical to Dante, and it's something that was a focus in the design. Dante has been through tough times, and this is reflected in his outlook on life. He looks rebellious because he is rebellious. 
Creating Dante involved a lot of people on both the Capcom and Ninja Theory teams, and the character went through a number of iterations. The importance of a pro- uh, protagonist is so great that it's well worth putting in the time to get it right. The watchwords for DMC is contemporary. Capcom's desire from the start was to have a new Dante that reflected the modern world, for better or worse. The publisher very much wants to continue to crack into the Western market, but unlike other Japanese publishers, actually drafted a Western developer into the mix. Rather than simply guess what Western gamers like and work from there, a practice that hasn't worked out too well for some games, which we I will address in one of the blogs also. Very early on in the project, Capcom asked us to think about what Devil May Cry would be like if it was a contemporary movie, and that is a mindset that has stayed with us throughout development, explained Matthews. We wanted to take what was at the heart of Devil May Cry and bring it to bring it into the here and now and give the franchise a wider appeal in the West. For example, Music remains a very important feature of Devil May Cry, but we've taken music that is cool now rather than just replicating what was cool when the original games were met were made. I'm sorry. The current Dante didn't go through too many re, uh, too many designs overhauls since inception. With Ninja Theory remaining fairly committed to the character instead, Matthew says the studio has worked on finessing him over time, with Capcom apparently giving the team a lot of freedom to work its own ideas into the into the Devil May Cry series. Ninja Theory believes it has a clear and solid vision for what DMC is all about and remains confident that it can only add to the series rather than take anything away. One thing Matthews is particularly proud of is the design of the environments. While everybody focuses on Dante, nobody talks about what have been some pretty interesting environmental designs, featuring a world that twists and morphs around the player and with threatening messages, glowing oppressors, Impressively on walls, part of the design, according to Matthews, was to explain some of the gameplay mechanics from a narrative perspective. In original Devil May Cry games, Dante would be trapped in the environment by demon doors, giving him a limited area in which to fight demons, he said. As a staple part of DMC, we wanted to find a reason for Dante being prevented from moving forward and came up with the concept of the world being alive and trying all it can to stop Dante in his tracks. The idea really grew from there. We wanted the world to feel like it is bursting with anger and venom towards Dante and the messages are one of the tools the demons are using to throw Dante off his pace. Of course, no explanation, no motivation, no amount of promise will surge some of the fans out there who remain angry at the overhaul and the westernization of Devil May Cry. It's natural for people to fear change. So it's understandable, admitted the developer. But we feel we made a game that the fans would really enjoy. So if people are still unsure, then get the game in your hands to feel it for yourself. If you play it and don't like it, then fine. But give it a chance. The downloadable demo will be out before the end of the year. So everyone will have the chance to make up their own mind by playing it first for free. Addressing specific points through choosing not to get too deep into them, Matthew said that combat will be as deep as players like stating DMC is about figuring out the weaknesses of enemies and selecting the right tools for the job whilst performing as stylishly as possible. For those worried about the combat being too shallow, Matthew's concept by promising a huge amount of depth. He also empathized with fears about the frame rate, but promised the game would be fluid and smooth, and that the team made it a real focus for development. 
In truth, nothing was said that would really provide much comfort as the developer seems quite guarded when it comes to addressing the specific fears from fans. Any attempt to draw much more was met by the watch phrase, play it. I suppose that's a fair enough statement from a developer who knows no amount of words but lay the rage to rest. As far as Dante's butthole attitude is concerned, the developer said it was all part of the character progression. Though some fans have found a new character repugnant in his cocky ways, Matthew suggests that the Dante you see at the beginning of the game might not be the Dante that you see at the end. With no hope and nothing to live for, wouldn't you be a butthole? If you're given a reason and purpose in life, maybe you change. Of course, there's always concern when a traditionally Japanese series is given over to a Western developer. Silent Hill has been out of the hands of Japanese game makers for many years now, and the fan base has gone pretty much nuts after several sequels of, of often dubious quality. DMC is being presented more of a collaborative effort than one uh, effort than one publisher farming out its property to a studio, and Matthew believes this dynamic will make for a much better game. Capcom has always given us their full support, and they always pushed us to follow our creative instincts. Capcom chose us because they felt that in a partnership, we could make a better game together than than they could alone. They have allowed us on the inside and taught us a lot particularly about combat design, something that they, of course, have an amazing heritage in. I'm sure some Eastern Western partnerships may not be so open, but any problems relating to cultural differences have been easily overcome, partly down to the mutual respect between both teams. And and what about Japan's reaction to DMC? We all know how Western fans feel. Give me one second. Uh... Da, 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 da. Come on, come on, computer. Sorry about that, everybody. Computer wants to act slow. And what about J- Japan's reaction to DLC? We all know how Western fans feel about the game, but does Ninja Theory have any ins- insight as to how it's performing um, out in Dante's homeland? For one, I'm here. It is going well, Matthew's answer. I'm told that Dante has proved to be a big hit with the Japanese ladies. Well, then. So. That um that was just a little talk about uh uh DMC being uh <coughs> handed over and some of the beliefs. Um this one this next one that I'm gonna read before I move on is comes from San Diego Comic Con. Uh Catcom stands behind DMC but the future is open. Oh and the last issue was done by uh uh Jim Sterling, which you can find Jim McQuishan also on YouTube. Uh, right here, Ninja Theory. Capcom's Japan uh, Moto High Ishiro and Hideki Asuno told Destructoid that they were ready for the fan reaction when DMC Devil May Cry was first announced. In an interview yesterday at San Diego Comic Con, supervising director Asuno said, We knew from the start that whenever you change something like this, there's going to be some people that will be very interested in that. But it will also scare some people and make some nervous. We kind of knew that going in and we stilled ourselves for it. Fans are just now starting to see play the game, and it seems things are beginning to smooth down a bit. So, um, some have warmed up to Ninja Theory's DMC, while others still have beef. Capcom and Ninja Theory are sticking to their guns, though, standing fully behind what they created with Ninja Theory. 
What we didn't want to do was lose sight of our core concept, Isuno told Destructoid. If you panic and change direction, you might forget what you were trying to make a make to begin with. And a lot of times, that's how bad games get worse. What we really needed to do is stick to it and then wait until we could get the game in front of more people and get them to understand what it's really about. And on showing the game at Comic-Con this week, we're just now starting to hit that point where we're getting to play, getting more information out there. People are starting to warm up to the ideas. The people started to change, uh, kind of have a change of heart. Um, I asked producers if they noticed that some series fans are worried that this reboot of the franchise might mark the end of the classic Japanese Devil May Cry that long, uh, that love for so long. As soon as assured us that DMC's more of a new branch uh, for the franchise and that there's still a possibility for a return to the more classic gameplay style. We do hear from the press a lot, said Asuna. We want to emphasize that we're firm believers and that opening one door does not mean that another has closed automatically. We are leaving our options on the table, so to speak. We are excited about... uh, we are excited about this new iteration of DNC and are eager to get it to get this into your hands. And we want people to play and enjoy. If people are still interested in exploring the other worlds of DNC that exist, um, then we're happy to go back to that as well. Asuna made it clear we view this not as a replacement for the Devil May Cry world, but an expansion of it. No one knows where it will head, but we're open to all possibilities. And this is once again written by Dale Nor. So, um, no, that's kind of uh, some of uh, the reactions that and answers that Ninja Dury um, provides. Uh, and I, I gotta give it to them. They like uh playing the demo uh and stuff was was really fun um and that that's what kind of uh sold me on the game um i'm i'm before i get into the next section i kind of just want to uh do a little bit reading of um what fans actually thought of the trailer um for this game first uh, dmc is a uh, devil may cry is easily one of the most controversial re- uh, releases in a good long time although a large section of the fan base has been slowly won over by Capcom and ninja Dirty's promotion there is still a highly dedicated percentage willing to remind everybody how bad the game is the latest trailer released this past week is no different as usual we have done journalism to get to the root of the matter and pull out the most important reactions this time around using the playstation uploaded youtube version of the trailer we find a core of enthusiastic fans repeatedly commenting on the video either to defend or attack it as you might expect rice words and meaningful criticism are shared and so uh, and so here are some of the comments and like i said i'm not going to read all of them or read the name because there are a lot I threw up a little. This is an abortion, not a sequel. Vocal in a fedora. Oh, God. The efforts just keep keep on coming. I'll never play this game, but I swear it's already providing me with more hours of entertainment than most. FYI, I played the demo at Comic-Con, and the gameplay was effing horrible. It's more than the fact that Dante, oh, I'm for Dante, Looks like a douchey punk rocker rapist based on Tamim and Sonata's look. 
It's more than the fact that the story and dialogue are worse than fan fiction. It's the fact that the gameplay looks effing boring, repetitive, and slow. It's a downgrade from the combat in DMC 3 and 4 and panders way too much to casual gamers. That's why it's crap. Or that's why it's ass. Not quit. Now quit being a deluded fanboy, you stupid cunt. Oh God, is everything bad about Devil May Cry amplified and drenched in crappy hardcore music and hot topic style? Forget about updating DMC. This is the most late 90s, early 2000s thing ever in the worst ways. I keep expecting Fred Durst and ICP to pop out and start a dope rap battle. I like how MFs get on here and try to convince people into not buying this game. If you think if you think V this game looks nice, by all means purchase it. As far as the story, yeah, it's the v deviated from the original, but that only makes sense. It's another universe and we don't know the full story yet. Okay, so the frame rate is reduced to 30 frames per second, but because of that we get an in interactive environment and platforming two features past DMCs lacked. And and by now, if you still don't like DMC, stop watching the new trailers. It's pointless to keep watching trailers and comment on a game you don't intend to buy. You never played a good game in your life if you think this looks like anything but generic garbage. Nope, 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 nope. I do not accept this new DMC. F that S. Ha ha ha, yeah, yeah. Don't cry, little P. DMC for it, it really sucks. That stupid idiot of Nero. I am stronger with. Uh, with my arm, blah blahs. Ah, uh, good gamers can judge games from footage and trailers without playing it. If you think this looks good, you're just a you're just a bad gamer. No, you are not Dante. You are an angsty teenage poser. And I'm gonna read this last one. Why would anyone want to play this game's Virgil? He looks like an even bigger tool than a new Dante. On top of making them both look like uh, Amor. Emerist, or whatever that says, they actually had the nerve to give him a douchery fedora. It's absolutely pathetic. So that's just some of the reactions that people had to a trailer of a game, and I don't know. I I it just really amazes me. But with that, everybody, I'm going to take a break, and we're just going to talk about a little bit more about the controversy and fan reactions. And with that, everybody, I will be right back.
so this next section, I'm just gonna uh, uh, dive in, dive in, because this, um, where does this entitlement and rage comes from? Um, the attitudes of the announcements. I think when you're a fan of a game, you should be like, "Wow, they made a sequel to a game." Okay, I might be, I might down for it and try it. Um, and during that time when, and still to this time, a lot of trailers, they show like something that's CGI and not much gameplay. So we kind of get worried, worried about it, but I'm just like, if it's just an announcement trailer, that's fine. Um, for a lot of us, due to the fact that we've been burnt by a lot of games, um, and that the trailers don't represent the actual product, like they'll show some CGI gameplay, but it doesn't look or play that way when the actual product comes out. Um, you kind of get very, you know, concerned and very iffy if you're going to get the game or not. Um, but uh, if uh, let's use uh, Metroid Prime Federation first, for example, that the game came out. Um, people didn't like the fact that it was uh, a Metroid Prime game not featuring uh, Samus. Um, on the 3ds and it was kind of like a arena based shooter and people got mad and actually put out a petition for its uh cancellation and now that the game is out people there are some people who picked the game up and don't know the sale numbers just yet but those are people who picked the game up and are really enjoying it so it's it's kind of weird to see the anger that came up from it and i normally when a game comes out like bayonetta 2 and like uh dmc devil may cry like when these game came out and i think once you get it into your hands that ang- i feel like that anger changes and stuff like that um the death threats d- definitely with bayonetta and uh with platinum and uh ninja theory got it's, it's ridiculous to me because it does it's not going to change um the direction of the game and it's not going to be like oh you're going to kill yourself because we're making a game oh so we should stop production and we should go no developers are not going to do that if you send them death threats or if you put out death threats like you're going to kill yourself or you're going to kill them it's not going to put too much fear in them because guess what it's a hundred plus team of people working on this game and if you're so uh, if you're so in that mind frame mentally you and or you're trying to use that as a way that to get progress moves you really need to uh redirect on how you play video games and how you go about it because it to me is sickening right there um I want to read to you guys, sorry again, um, Ninja Theory got death threats over DMC Devil May Cry. Just when you think gamer melodrama has peaked, something comes out of the woodwork to knock our community down. Another 10 pages. Ninja Theory's to me and nice, uh has revealed that some gamers were so distraught over their development of DMC Devil May Cry that they sent death threats. How classy. Alice Garland warned me about it because he experienced a similar thing with 28 Days Later where people were upset that it didn't feature real zombies. And now with this upcoming Dread movie, he revealed, so I was half prepared for it. Although I have to say that it has been pretty eye-opening to see some of the creative ways in which people have chosen to vent their hatred. We didn't expect death threats in comic book form or anti-DMC death metal songs. It's pretty hard for me to back the... 
uh, it's pretty hard for me to bet the decisions be made without showing actual gameplay to the public. So until that time comes and it will come soon, I just have to put up with the, with the rage. Though I must say, lots of people have come and said that they are now interested in DMC, whereas they have previously lost interest in the series. We'll see how this plays out. The rage over DMC has been utterly pathetic. While I don't begrudge anybody the opportunity to be concerned about it, the sheer depths of lunacy that some people have sunk to are shocking, to say the very least. This level of outrage would be stupid even if these nutters had played the game, but it's not even out yet, and we wonder why gamers are still portrayed as psychopathic man-children on TV. And that is kind of true. Um, and this was uh, I'm trying to see uh, who was the writer of this one. Um, uh, Lindsay Scott wrote this one. Um, and I I kind of agree with them. Just like wow, I'm well. First of all, I I kind of am shocked that people put it in comic book form and did musical songs and sent it to them compared to where Bayonetta just got I guess Twitter tweets and. Or stuff like that. I, I, I'm kind of like shocked that uh, it it didn't get the same kind of um, kind of treatment that Bayonetta two got of. Um, but I, I I like a lot of people say you know vote for your wallet if you want to support a game or you believe, don't believe in the game just vote with your wallet. And I, sometimes I feel like there are games that really do deserves uh support because it really is good and you know if if you feel like a game is like not good i always say now uh rent it i i believe that we are at an age where you can rent a game and uh, that you could try a demo that you go to Redbox or whatever vending machine gamefly whatever and try the game out i think we're in the age now where we need to try stuff out and not just say you know with words that we're rageful so we're not going to play the game um and using that mentality of thinking that it's going to stop the production or stop the sale of the game i feel like now um and even i'm guilty even if i'm a little bit guilty how i say well i'm not going to play pray and i'm not going to do this and i'm not going to do that i will try it though if they put out the demo i'm going to give it a try Titanfall 2 came out and i was kind of interested and i actually got a chance to play the demo i'm all for it metro prime federation force i didn't even play the demo i seen it just like oh it's an awesome metro prime game and you know i don't care about the hate that goes along with it i really want to play the game because why i played metroid prime for the gamecube if you listen to world one one podcast with my co-host larry um we we talked about the metroid series and we talked about our um i talk about how i felt about metroid prime one when it first came out and i was actually so happy to play that game so happy to have it in my hands that i pre-ordered at the game that uh sam goody at the place that i played it so listen to that episode to hear more we're doing a part two later on uh so do check that out um definitely for me i i was just so happy that another metroid game was coming out and i'm still gonna pick it up uh because we at my job didn't get it in another place that i thought would have it didn't have it so i gotta go to another spot uh, i know i could go to gamestop but i'm probably gonna try best buy because that's closer um to play it. Uh, but I, I just don't understand where where all of it came from where all people got mad about this game and all the rage 
Um, so when I come back, I'm going to uh, actually talk about, um, you know, give some of my impressions of about both games um, and what I thought about it. So with that, everybody, I will be right of these games i really have to say that i really really enjoyed them um bayonetta 2 came my game of the year when it came out um and it had a lot of competition it had um hyrule warriors um uh, it had uh Ketatoe treasure tracker um i believe splatoon was out that year also no, Spectrum was out last year. I'm sorry about that. Um, it, it just had like some major games coming out, but I played the game and was floored. Like I played the demo of Bayonetta two, uh, just like I played the demo of um, DMC Devil May Cry. Um, I actually went on Twitter and told like I was just like hands down day one purchase. I'm just like, this demo is amazing. And then it completely blew my mind. And it, and I wrote about it saying that I want to, I'm going back over and over and over trying to get better and trying to get a better ranking and stuff. And actually the guys at Platinum uh, responded to me. They were just like, go for it. They're just, and it kind of just like, you know, to me personally, it was shocking that someone that's probably in their PR marketing or social media um, really you know, saw my tweet and was just like, uh, yeah, you know, th- you know, thank you for, uh, the support and everything. Cause that's how I felt about the game. Um, I, and I know it took game of the year for a lot of people. Um, I think the lowest rating that it got was, um, Polygon. Um, and I know a lot of people talked, um, people started talking about the over-sexualization of Bayonetta. Um, but for me, I, I, that didn't matter to me. It was all about that combo, that, um, the dodging, um, the funny parts in the story, like the, the action, the weapons, it was just like, everything works so well and flow. And it just looks beautiful still to this day. Like if I pop it in right now and just look at it and just be like, wow, it's fast, fluid and still fun and that's what i like and you know dmc definitive edition did the same thing it's 
still looks beautiful. The combat is actually, you know, it's still good. I kind of, I play it now on turbo mode. I, I love the fact that it's a little bit faster. Um, it, I didn't have problems with it on the PS3 controller, but um, since I switched it to doing it in the Xbox One version for the definitive version, um, over the original, um, it feels better on the Xbox One version. Um, button wise, uh, um. The sister buttons are like a little bit closer and stuff. I'm able to do more combos and stuff. Um, and I've been doing a lesson talking about combos, and I'll talk about that more at the end of the show. Um, the developers, uh, you know, responded to fans just like you guys just wait, you know, play the game. Um, de- definitely for me, I. I didn't respond to the developers or anybody besides like platinum with Bayonetta. Um, but, uh, regardless of the sales numbers and everything, it, it was just amazing. Um, but I want to play you guys, um, the reviews for each game. Um, and then I'll talk a little bit more about that. So I'm going to start off first with Bayonetta two. And these two reviews are coming from IGN. So, uh, this first one is being reviewed by Jose Otero. from the action-packed moments of its fantastic prologue, I couldn't help but notice how much better Bayonetta 2 looks and plays than its predecessor, or most other action games for that matter. Impressively, Bayonetta just gets better from there. With the style, grace, and precision of a runway model, she sachets, punches, poses, and kicks her way through an outstanding 10-hour campaign full of grand set pieces and deadly angels and demons. Building on the original Bayonetta's strengths, Bayonetta 2's free-flowing combat remains its greatest asset. Each punch, kick, and weapon swing flows comfortably into the next empowering move. Everything moves at a fast and fluid 60 frames per second target, and this sequel feels supercharged thanks to excellent animation, more opportunities to cancel out of attacks mid move to dodge, and fun weapons to unlock like the Rakshasa Blaze or the Chernobog Scythe. Each one has its own branching combos and can be mixed and matched to set up different styles of play. Building up combos feels natural, and it's invigorating to pull off long attack strings on a group of enemies. Perfectly timed dodges have a tangible reward thanks to Witch Time, a slow-motion payoff that allows me to dig in and devastate angelic foes. Once I factored in the new Umbrian Climax, a high-power release of demon-summoning attacks, I had plenty of ways to embarrass the opposition. No matter how large the target got, my attacks could still send them reeling. Bayonetta's not overpowered. Even on normal difficulty, the enemies shouldn't be underestimated. The dozens of enemy types, from the small flying underlings to the large bosses themselves, have distinct attack patterns and signature tells that demand and reward your attention. Each boss has a cool and unique visual design, and no two behave the same way. The constant enemy variety makes me feel like I'm never fighting the same foe for too long or too often. Colorful cues help me understand what's going on at any given moment. Successful last-second dodges set off purple-hued slow-motion moments. 
Demon enemies are basked in red light that reflects off their stylized mechanical bodies, and angelic minions have the sculptured look of mythic statues. The meticulous rating system gave me an incentive to aim higher and experiment with new combos and moves. Each chapter rates you based on time played, combo prowess, with penalties taken away for items or continues used. That performance might make the back page of the classified. It pushes you to do better with great rewards like score multipliers and extra currency to spend on new techniques, accessories, hilarious themed costumes, and items. Many elements of Bayonetta 2's presentation and mechanics are geared for hardcore action fans, but it attempts to embrace casual newcomers too, with mixed results. The gamepad-focused touch control options use simple taps, holds, and swipes to send an AI-driven Bayonetta into attack. The alternate control scheme is a neat addition, but it doesn't hold up well with lots of enemies on screen because the camera has trouble keeping up. There's also an online-only, scenario-based co-op mode that squeezes a little more out of Bayonetta 2's excellent combat. They're fun, but it's all over after just two or three minute bursts of action. Bayonetta's wicked weaves, transformations involving powerful demonic accomplices, punctuate the end of an action sequence, often skewering enemies in outrageous death traps. They create some of the most extravagant moments with gruesome, enemy-munching sequences like this. Watching the big bad boss I was just fighting turned into devilish lunch meat is a satisfying conclusion. But as much as I enjoy Bayonetta's over-the-top style, and I'm not too put off by her hypersexualized character design, it does have a bad habit of occasionally slipping into annoyingly juvenile territory with some bad attempts at humor. Forget about it. And what's this Seresa sh**? On the other hand, the masked Lumen Sage presents an excellent foil to Bayonetta. The times I fought him felt tense, and he firmly stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with my heroine's high-powered abilities. The excellent combat of Bayonetta 2 is boosted by superb art direction and pacing, both of which make Bayonetta 1 look poor by comparison. Missions never let up, presenting more enemy types to fight across urban cityscapes, quaint mountain cities, and stylized interpretations of heaven and hell. Level designs give you room to take advantage of Bayonetta's shape-shifting abilities, so you can charge through as a panther or swim as a sea serpent. Every aspect of Bayonetta 2 feels polished and focused. At times the writing feels ridiculous, but I still love how it plays. The superb pacing and combat are just that good. By the end I was convinced. The sequel builds on everything that made the original great and delivers one of the most satisfying action movies I've ever played. For more on Bayonetta 2, you know where to keep it, right here at IGN. Um, this blog that I want to read from the short story comes from Jordan DeVore. Um, <laughs> it says, Bayonetta 2 is giving me the Tetris effect. Bayonetta kicked my butt last week, but I finished it after giving in and switching the difficulty setting to, too easy. I survived gracious and glorious and sent you-know-who hurling into you, Natura the you-know-what. Man, what a cool game. One of the coolest I've played in years. But you know what's even better? Bayonetta 2. 
Chris gave it a 10 10 and I'm inclined to agree. Um, and he's one of the, he's the reviewers for, uh, destruct to it. While I tended to take my time with the sequel, I ended up burning through it, unable to resist seeing what the next chapter had in store until whoops, those are the end credits, aren't they? I got out of my comfort zone, took that chance, and my prior apathy for the series has shifted to something unexpected, passion. I applaud any of you with the Wii U to at least try the demo, even if you aren't typically into third-person action games or think Bayonetta's head is too small for a body or whatever. Just try it, and if you're into it, go through the original game first. Despite my attempts to move on to Hybrid Warriors or whatever else I left hanging, I can't seem to get Bayonetta out of my head. It won't leave. I close my eyes at night and see visions of breakdancing gun attacks and demons wrapped in hair. I picture Bayonetta dressed as Fox McCloud, obviously, dodging centaur angels and retaliating with a slow-mo punch fest. Bayonetta 2 has given me the Tetris effect, something I experienced only a handful of times before, and never with Tetris proper. The last games to trigger such vivid imagery was Spelunky and Dark Souls before it. All three titles have, challenge, have challenging systems so meticulously crafted you can't help but daydream about them. They're elaborate puzzles to be broken down and solved. I'll never truly solve them, but if I play through enough scenarios in my mind, maybe I'll come close. And I, I I have to agree with uh Jose Otario and um and uh Jordan DeVoe. Uh th- this game is like it really uh, because of this game it made platinum become platinum games become recognized in the community and got them a great deal of work at Activision. Look at Transformer Devastation. Um you could talk about the Ninja Turtles and that uh, and the other game that they did. Um and you know have thoughts about that but if you even look at scale bomb i'm like even we had problems with scale bomb because we didn't know what it was and it kind of looked at just just i mean it looked at action packed but definitely knowing this coming from kamiya who is great at these games uh you would kind of be interested to know that uh you know, it's an Xbox exclusive Scalebound is, and it looks good. Um, I'm interested in playing it. I know I have my problems because I want to see more uh, of it. And, and the way that it looked like a multiplayer game, it, it just looks weird at the way that it was presented. But um, it feels like it has that action, stylish action that Platinum Games is known for. And I, like I said earlier, that I wasn't uh, all about over sectionalizing. Um, uh, like having a problem with it, uh, because definitely for me, it 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 just did wonders. Like with this combat, you know, I was interested in the gameplay, looking at the beautiful graphics, how smooth it was going to go, uh, being able to mix uh, somewhat of a of a B rated serious, um, over the top uh, scene with um, some little bit of drama and a little bit of comedy, and some of the great some real great choreography um uh set pieces placed in it um just just so good and it it, like definitely for optional opinion it took game of the year um and i and i hope that they do put devil make not devil make right i hope they put bayonetta 3 on uh uh, in X, I hope it stays as a Nintendo exclusive, uh, regardless of sales. Uh, you know, p- 
people are still picking the game up and still enjoying the enjoying it. Um, and if you're interested, it's only twenty nine ninety nine for a physical copy, just for Bayonetta two. If you on, if you just want to play that, if not, you'll probably have to hunt down probably on Amazon or some Game Stops to get the double compact, uh, double uh, double physical copy if you want that, or just buy the games both on uh on um the eShop. I, I do recommend I haven't went through Bayonetta and I need to fix that. Uh because but Bayonetta too, man, I played that almost every day and I took my time with it because I felt like if I go through this game in the weekend I will be upset. And I kind of went, you know, I beat it on normal, went back to being on easy and start putting it on hard and just kept playing the game over and over and just enjoying myself. Um it, it deserves the ten point the 10 out of 10s, the 9.5s, or whatever grade that it got. It really got a high score on Metacritic. It deserved it. And I feel like the outrage and the outcry and the hate for it didn't come back up after the game was released. I didn't see, like, I didn't read any stories. I didn't hear any complaints. I just heard that people had fun and enjoyed the game and that it was, like, the best game of 2014. Like, I, that's all I heard of. So it got so much positive response. So I, I kind of feel like, where did all this controversy and death does come from from this announcement like it all got washed away when it came out did people stop being angry and i feel like personally they they did um so i'm going to move on to a devil the devil may cry review so let's check it out and this is all from ign also dante it really is you You don't remember me. No. F*** you, demons. Dante has returned, and you don't stand a chance in hell. But things are a little different this time around. This is a new world, and this is a new Dante. Designed by the UK badasses at Ninja Theory, DMC Devil May Cry is a total rebirth of the series. It's serious, subtle at times, but always totally sick. It's exactly what Devil May Cry needed. And if you're one of those gamers that wanted to dismiss DMC because it wasn't a real Devil May Cry game, don't be a baby. Nah, I'm just kidding. But really, you should give this one a chance. It is really, really good. Ebony, Ivory, Mr. Girls. The son of Sparta, Dante, is back, along with his iconic Blade Rebellion and the twin pistols Ebony and Ivory. But he's no longer a half-demon, he's a Nephilim, a fusion of demon and angel. When he meets his twin brother Virgil, his forgotten past comes flooding back. Together, the two of them plot to take down Mundus, the demon king, and seek revenge for their angel mother's death and their demon father's eternal exile. The Devil May Cry games have had fun stories in the past, but the storytelling in DMC is on a whole other level. Ninja Theory has done an incredible job capturing the actors' performances and bringing them into DMC. It's subtle, it's stylish, and it makes for a believable Dante and a compelling relationship with Virgil. It's so good, I actually wish there was a little more story to be told by the time the credits rolled around. 
All this stuff's wrapped up in absolutely mind-blowing visuals. When Dante gets pulled into limbo, everything changes. These are some of the coolest battlefields I have ever seen. Seriously, how much time did it take to design these? Goodness gracious! Now, I played through DMC on a PlayStation 3, which is where most of this footage comes from. And as you can see, it, it runs, but it's a little choppy. Here's a side-by-side -side to prove my point. The 360 version is the way to go here, especially if you're looking to play on consoles. Devil May Cry has always been known for insane combat, and DMC does not disappoint. You can do some bonkers in DMC, and doing it is easy to understand. But before we get carried away, let's go over the basics. Here's Dante. Look at this guy. By default, he's in human mode, which means he uses Rebellion and his choice of firearm. But holding down one trigger will morph Rebellion into a demon weapon, the slow but powerful goodies. Hold the other trigger and you get Angel mode, fast, weak, but great for crowd control. There are two of each type, which makes for five total melee weapons, and they all pack a punch. You can chain all this together with ease, and you can literally create a combo that uses every weapon in Dante's arsenal in one continuous, glorious flurry of death and destruction. Sweet. And while moving from stage to stage and killing demons is fun, Ninja Theory made sure it was fair. Not easy, guys and girls, just fair. Every enemy broadcasts their attacks with visual or sound cues to make sure you know when you're about to get hit in the face. It works really well. Even when I kick the bucket, I could only blame myself. Fair, fun, enough said. The only thing that gets tricky is trying to target a specific demon in a big group. There's no lock-on button, and while the auto-lock is usually Harvard smart, sometimes it screws up. No big deal, but it's still annoying. DMC rocks. It's different than its forefathers, sure, but that's okay. The upgraded storytelling, superb combat, and crazy visuals earn this game a place on any action junkie's must-buy list. So shut up, stand up, and buy this <clears throat> Sorry, I've been playing a lot of DMC. And if you want more DMC, hit us up at IGN and kill some demons for me. Game over. And that review was from Ryan Clements uh, from IGN. So um, it got an 8.9, uh, which is still good. Uh, the, even the definitive edition, uh, Jose Otero reviewed that one also. That got an 8.9. So um, both games really got good ratings. And it, like I said, once these games came out, the anger and the hatred for him just disappeared or people just didn't feel like arguing and having the time. And regardless of what the sale numbers were for both games, um, I think they were successful enough. Um, and to me, uh, I think people who did pick it up, that people were satisfied. Uh, only controversy, not controversy, only problems that uh, about DMC people had was that it got, uh, that in the time that it was just getting all of these HD remakes coming to the system and that game kind of got caught up in it but they added a lot of content like the dlc making it fast um 
getting the uh um the frame rate up to sixty frames per second. Um, that was mostly the only part that they had with it. Um, but to me, Presty, it's worth the purchase. Uh, like I said, if you haven't played Bayonetta two, and you haven't got a Wii U, I say get it now. Um, it's really worth the investment. And there's other great games for Wii U that you can still play. Um, if you don't have an Xbox One, PS Four, pick up Devil May Cry, uh, DMC Devil May Cry, and give that game a try. It really is worth the production. You'll be, you'll be um really sa- uh satisfied. And if you like stylish action, if you really want to challenge yourself to learn uh deep combo systems in both games, they offer that with the training, um, with the storyline of characters that you're going to uh, like interact with, and also with the enemies and stuff. Like it, it everything pans out in this well designed game they just didn't throw anything together and say well here you go here's the game they really invested time into it so when i come back um i'm going to talk a, a little bit about what all of after everything was said and done and then i'm going to close up with plugs and with that i will be right back <laughs> said and done about a DMC Devil May Cry and Bayonetta 2 you look back at the history and the controversy that endured and I know I I did a lot of reading for this one Um, but you have to understand that these two games just went through all this craziness because of what people think about it and if you look at the games now like if you look at uh, like No Man's Sky just just how I was getting dragged at the moment, like the problems that it's having with PC, um, the the way that um they got death threats over the delay of the game for two months, um, how uh, when the game came out, it wasn't what people expected it to be, and even you can say the same thing for Star Fox of uh, Zero, um, and I kind of actually put it on uh on Twitter and on Facebook is that you know Star Fox Zero got um you know got judged by its control scheme like you know and 
you know people have problems with that but it didn't get dragged like no man's sky was it didn't get the death threats it didn't get the uh hatred of you know of again low reviews and people um acting you know crazy about that like this anger didn't come uh to star fox to zero it was just like all oh, the controls are it is what it is but it's still a good game and you know, a lot of people might want to talk about the production and stuff and things like that but uh, to me personally i didn't have a problem with it i enjoyed the game um I I didn't get like I said with No Man's Sky. I'm for me personally, I'm kind of waiting for it to go down in price. Not saying that it's worth the sixty dollars, but I'm kind of waiting for stuff to get fixed um, because it feels like the game still has some problems, and I know there's another patch coming on. And kind of waiting for the um not hyper marketing and stuff to die down but you know all the talk about it and negative press and just all this craziness about the game just waiting for that to go down before i pick the game up and actually give it a try myself um but i i have to say that bayonetta 2 deserve game of the year dmc devil may cry deserves to be played needs to be in the library um i personally feel like it's the best out of all out of the whole series out of the old dmc devil may cry universe um you know those games are good and stuff but i feel like dmc devil may cry is the game that really represents but really represents the series well um because i had a problem with devil may cry one first i felt like it was very long that um that uh it not saying that it was challenging or anything but there were some camera angle views um and there was some was some uh, confusion about it but well i feel like dmc devil may cry um um you know easily gets you into the game and you appreciate how quick and how fast and and stuff and not, and of course you gotta definitely think at the hardware that both games were on like devil may cry one to three was on playstation uh two um devil may cry four and dmc were on playstation three um and i'm just talking about the original systems before it went multi-platinum platform with uh dmc uh four um uh bayonetta like i said i hope for part three comes out and i, I feel like if you're going to react and at a announcement trailer um I, I feel like don't like i'm gonna kill myself or this is the most this is crazy this is horrible um like don't react too negative now i had a bad negative response to pray too uh, to pray because and i was angered at it not that the game is being released i was angry at the fact that it was a reboot of one game like i guess they want to like retell another story but i'm just like you I, I feel like personally i'm like you can't reboot a series or after only just one game like i feel like if you're going to reboot a series let time pass and come out with at least two or three sequels like conclude the the first like like conclude the first one first i think um, if, if you left it as a cliffhanger like make a sequel or, it, or even an indie game and do that first before you do a reboot of that and like devil may like devil may cry it needed i believe personally it needed a reboot and that's what ninja theory actually gave me so uh i what i say to people um you know play these games um they're worth the purchase of they're available on the eShop they're available on psn and xbox live like you even go to gamestop and stuff but i for me personally i feel like you guys need to who haven't played it to pick it up if you're listening to this all right
Talk to you later. Um, not talk to you later. I'm sorry. Um, I'll be right back after this break. So, um, you guys can find more of Optional Opinion on the Nominous Radio Network dot com, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast apps. You can follow me on Twitter at that retrocode t h a t r e t r o c o d e. Um, you can find me also uh, read more Optional Opinion blogs on uh, IGN under ign dot com. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Under Animate E N I M E. You can also read some of my writings on skirmishfrogs.com. That's S K I R S M I S H F R O G S dot com, where um, I do a series called The Moment, uh, talking about retro games and how they uh, connect to my personal life. Do check that out. Um, I'm still writing one uh, about Paperboy, so that will be uh, coming out soon. So do check that out. Um, you can find me also uh, on the Deluded Geeks podcast, um, the anomalous radio network.popping.com. And here let's talk about geeky stuff right there. Um, you also could check us out on, uh, check them out on Facebook also. Um, the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at HH Podcast Show. Um, and subscribe to them on YouTube also at, at Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Uh, Simon's Cake podcast at simoncake.wordpress.com where you can hear the podcast, which is also on iTunes. Like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at Simon's Cake uh, and subscribe to them on YouTube also. 
Digital Nerds, uh, Digital Nerd Advocate Network. Uh, you can check it out at digitalnerdadvocates.com and you can see and hear many of the podcasts like DNA Power Block, DNA Dual Shock, DNA Rose Going Wild, DNA Podcast, and uh, DNA Connected or actually Nerds Connected, um, a combination, a team up of Team Nerd and the Digital Nerds Advocate. Um, we just previewed our first episode, so do check us out on YouTube about that and on the Digital Nurse Advocate page. Uh, you can hear more on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. Like them on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at the DNA Network and subscribe on YouTube. I also write for the Digital Nurse uh, Advocate um, Network. So do guys check out some of my writings. Um, I just posted one about um, uh, uh, Uncharted 4, so do check out that one. I'm coming up with a new one soon. Um, I just got to uh, finish writing it and editing it. The NBC Video Game Book Club. Come and join us on Facebook and join in the discussion. Check out our past discussions on YouTube uh, at B-O-J-O-X-Z. Uh, check us out there. Um, this month we're playing um, the Super Mario Brothers 3 for NES. We're coming with a discussion soon, so check us out there also. Uh, Secret Friends Unite. You can check out their podcast at Podomatic, iTunes, and Stitcher. Like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at Secret Friends U. And subscribe to their YouTube page, Secret Friends Unite. Um, this next one is for Nerd Overdrive. Um, Nerd Overdrive is Phoenix Overdrive's official podcast uh, featuring the host of the show, the maestro of the PC Master Race, Lee Navario, and gaming gurus, the queen of the guild, Becky Rubin Navario, and El Capitan Ray Azorio. Catch us live via YouTube, youtube.com slash Phoenix Overdrive slash live, or Twitch, twitch.tv slash phx underscore overdrive. Subscribe on, to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash phoenix overdrive itunes stitcher or google play music just search for nerd overdrive please give us the rating preferably five stars as well as the written review it will help us grow be sure to give us a like on facebook facebook.com slash phoenix overdrive and follow us on twitter and instagram at uh, phx underscore overdrive join our discussion group on facebook facebook.com slash groups slash ponation uh, p-o-n-a-t-i-o-n and share all things nerdy and geeky with us for our extra life efforts check out our team page at extralife.org slash team slash phoenix overdrive 16 be sure to check out our raffle for 2016 featuring playstation 4 uncharted the nathan drake collection model which includes a 500 gigabyte playstation 4 Four, one DualShock 4 controller and Uncharted the Nathan Trick Collection game feature Uncharted Drake's Fortune Uncharted 2 Among Thieves and Uncharted 3 Drake's Deception just $2 gives you a ticket for a chance to win if you do participate please make sure you provide us with your name and email address so we can count you towards the raffle donating anonymously will not get you in the raffle since we won't get your name when you do uh, do uh, when do you find out if you won number November 5th 2016 extra life national game day so do check them out do support uh, nerd overdrive and the extra life um efforts uh, awesome that the work that they do just really really awesome uh and also rise above uh, life of gaming you can find them on their website lifeofgaming.net where you can check out their podcast there and soundcloud follow them on twitter at life of gaming pod and subscribe to them on youtube life of gaming 
PlayStation Enthusiasts, check out their website at PlayStationEnthusiasts.com and on YouTube at PlayStation Enthusiasts. Follow them at Twitter at PS Enthusiasts. And I believe they also have a Facebook page also. So check them out there too. Um, you can email the show at myout2comment at yahoo.com and follow me, like I said, on Twitter. Um, read all my blog stuff right there. Um, come see me on Twitch and subscribe at the Lyrical One and watch my Let's Learn series where I'm teaching you about uh, games and the genres and the things that you could do. Um, this past week, I did a, a Twitch stream about DMC Devil May Cry about combos uh, show the combos that you could do how you could learn them where they came from and talked about where the um how they work in various genres in different games also check out my amazing friend Adam from the DNA DualShock Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash fallen little angel and see him rock out some great games you can also uh, subscribe there and follow him at twitter at f underscore little underscore angel and subscribe to him on youtube at fallen little angel and that with that everybody um have a great weekend have a great week um i'm going to be you know uh roller coasters at six flags and i can't wait to do it with my good friend um county con is also this weekend i am going to be trying to go there also i am going to be on simon's cake podcast talking about chrono trigger so do uh, check out the episode when it drops and i'll let you guys know that um me and Larry are also are going to be talking about the second part for Metroid Prime, uh, not Metroid Prime, but for the Metroid series. We're going to do a part two and also talk about um, uh, AMR2. Uh, so do check that out coming soon uh, from World 1-1, which will also be on uh, the Digital Nerds Advocates Network page. So do look forward to that. Um, more stuff coming. The, um, the BDO video games is coming up in uh in september so more information uh you can listen to uh last podcast about that and more is coming out and getting i'm still getting my guests and getting my blogs and stuff ready for that so do check that out um let's see if there anything else uh oh just we i'm still podcasting a lot so thank you guys for your love and support um this weekend like i said have fun with games and with everybody else um i do want to say uh i didn't and i didn't give credit to people for last podcast but for this episode i do want to give uh credit to uh new job best eclipse which was my introduction um you can find it on youtube by space um the Bayonetta 2 controversy, like I said, Sonic Guy 25. Um, the Bayonetta Wicked Hip Hop Beat was from Houston is the Problem. Uh, let's see. Um, and the last one I'm playing first, oh, uh, Devil May Cry Beat by Magic uh, X Beats. Uh, M-A-G-I capital C capital X b-e-a-t-s i think it's like magic and cross beats or just magic beats like that um but everybody that is the end of the show thank you guys for tuning in and i will see you next week like i said have fun with family and friends with that everybody i am out